According to Mike and Tony is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. This is Pro Strongman Stan Carradine, and you listen to According to Mike and Tony. And now, from the Rimcat Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, here are your hosts, Mike and Tony. Hello, everybody. We're recording from the beautiful campus of the Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design. Rimcat Studios. Once again, dollar. Um, check them out again. Always, it's uh, www.ramcad.edu. Uh, they just informed me that they launched a new uh, app. You can get it yeah. on the App Store, iTunes, or um, Google Play. So Ramcad, and it's pretty cool. All these kids are talented artists, and uh, it's a pleasure to be re- recording in a soundproof studio. So cool. So they just go like the App Store and look up yeah. Ramcad. R M C A D. Yep. Got it. Very cool. How are you doing, buddy? Episode number fifty-eight here. Number fifty-eight. You're not usually next to me. I have to like I know, turn to the side. It's weird. <laughs> see we have the same mannerism. If anybody had video, it'd be awesome because we sit exactly the exact same, same way. way. You got the legs crossed under the chair and yeah. everything. <laughs> Holy crap! Good to be back uh, at the Rimcast Studios. I'm a hundred percent. By the way, I'm done with my antibiotics. Feeling good. Yeah. Um, sorry, Tyson. She uh, it's, uh, dollar over here had a a bad uh, um, infection from kombucha. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> you know what it was? So not true. Alcohol withdrawal. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what's no, I'm not. You would have gotten rid of that a couple of weeks ago if you uh, had you been drinking had some nice whiskey. Well, that's true. Kombucha doesn't go really well with a couple of sips, hard liquor. So couple you know sips. what I was thinking about? I would do actually. What? I will drink a glass of whiskey. Okay. At our two-year anniversary. Okay. Well, how about that? What is that? What? November. Forget yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't need it, man. I don't need my life. Uh, I'll with- tell you what. We'll make a deal. We'll make a deal. <laughs> He's always make deals. Deals. Yeah. He wants to get a drink. No, we'll make a deal. I feel like I'm 22 no, you know again. The, you know what the deal is. Uh, I'll give you liquid. And, and you're going to uh, drink it. <laughs> you give me grass. <laughs> the type oh, that you mow. No. Now the second part of that I can help you. The type with that. that you mow. Yeah, I know. The but type <laughs> yeah, I got a bags of grass just in my house. D- so DMT. Next to the DMT. Oh my God, this went this went crazy immediately. Um, we have a very special guest in the studio today, uh, a country artist named Leslie Tom. Welcome to According to Mike and Tony. Thanks for making the trip out. Oh gosh, I'm so glad to be here. Mike and I have been talking for several weeks, so I'm glad to finally be here with you. I'll meet yeah. you in person. Yeah, so and Tassin too. And I can see plainly that you are not a man. And I, <laughs> I called you a man on Twitter. I'm so yeah. Tyson's looking at me like it was How? really no. funny. I think I was moving way too fast, and I looked at I saw the last name of Tom. I can't, I don't know. I'm making excuses. I have no idea. What it I was, was actually thinking. quite amusing. So it was direct message, and I have a auto-generated thing that pops up that says, hi, I'm Leslie Tom. I'm from Denver. I'm traditional country. What kind of music do you like? It's a great conversation starter. Right. Totally. And he writes back about two weeks later, oh my gosh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to be late in responding, dude, or man. I called you man. <laughs> and yeah. I was like... No problem, dude, or man, or whatever. I know. You he was brushed like, right over it. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were a guy. I was like, it's it's fine. Well, no, it's, it's, it's so it ridiculous. Really I funny. have no excuse because Mike told me you were coming on the show. Your name is Leslie, for goodness sake. That could sake. be a guy's name. 
That could, is true. That could be a yeah. man's name. Yeah, but I wouldn't true. assume. I don't know. Anyway, I have no excuse, but I can see plainly uh, you are a beautiful <laughs> young lady, you. and uh, we are happy to have you here. I'm glad to be here. And uh, Mike, you bought our CD today, yes? No, I bought it a while ago. Oh, you bought it? Oh, yeah. wow. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Was, uh, I got the high maintenance one. High that's maintenance? The, yeah. The what year did that come out? 2006. And that's actually my CD that you're holding. This, yeah, yeah, in my hand. Yeah, yeah I know. What I picked up when she said the table. <laughs> Look at this guy over here. Defending it. I'm just saying. So, no, yeah. Um, I picked it up, listened to it. That's why I was like, because you know me, Dollar, I like... I like country. Yeah. Mike's Surprising, like, looking at me. You know, you're like, oh, that guy likes Mohawk, country, giant beer, of course. Like, well. But, uh, no, she's my that old school type that I like. Mm. I don't like any of this newer stuff. Um, my favorite artist, I told you that before, my favorite is Alan Jackson. Yeah. I'm a big Alan Jackson fan. So Love Alan Jackson. Well, the newer stuff, stuff is more pop, when yeah. you think. It's not. Or that's something, not. That's something n- like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 that's what I was actually going to ask you is it seems like the country musicians at some point regardless of record sales it seems like they cross over no nah, feel like not this one but well, i but think look it at depends the big, on where you are big artists. true didn't no. taylor swift start mm-hmm. as country and i think if you're if you're the playing the nashville machine mm-hmm. it's you you sing what they tell you to sing now i don't know i've never had a record deal but just from conversations i've had with people i mean i think it's what you have to basically sing what sells and from a business perspective, as a business person, I get that. It's just not my bag. No, it's I am not. about you know as what? country as country can uh, be. I One of the most incredible things I heard, I was checking out your Reverb Nation page, and that first video that you have on there, you're doing like a Patsy Cline yeah. cover. That was it, in New Orleans in December. Was it? Wow. It was so stripped down. It was just acoustic guitar, and you and you were working the hell out of that crowd. Those people yeah, were feeling it. Was it. Awesome. it was fantastic. Your Thank voice you. is incredible. Thank you're you. very talented. Thank um, you. We wouldn't have you on here if you weren't. <laughs> You should go down to New Orleans, actually. I should go down to New Orleans? I'm full of advice today, Tyson. Man, look, the alcohol does this shit. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) No. So so you were down in New Orleans on that that video? Yeah. I got up and sang with Seth Walker, who's a blues guy, and ridiculously um, kind and talented and just a really, really great person. So it it was a real honor to get to get up and sing with him a song flexibility huh mm-hmm. oh yeah wow. and it was kind of it had a blues groove to it didn't you think tony yeah no it did it did yeah you got a country voice though i, I mean know. it definitely Can't comes through it. that <laughs> straight <laughs> up country good old american country uh singing there she, walked, uh, she was like how are you <laughs> i think i said well, mike was very gentlemanly chivalry is not dead met me outside i was like howdy Right? Didn't I say hi? For real, y'all. She said, howdy. Well, that's because I went to Texas A&M, and that's the official greeting for anyone listening that perhaps is familiar with Texas A&M. Our official greeting is howdy. So when you're walking on campus, you say howdy. I saw you here when you walked through campus. Literally. I mean, it's it's the... You'll be walking around people. Howdy. Howdy. (laughs) Oh, it's such a great school. Oh, Oh, I mean, I don't doubt that, but just hearing that shit all the time. Do you mind if I (laughs) try to say? You just insulted her. Better than no. No, I didn't insult (laughs) her. No, no, no. no. She knows I didn't. No. When Mike called me, because I said, let's have a conversation. I want to make sure I understand how this works. I said, here's the deal. Y'all cuss a lot. And I don't really cuss. Like, I'm pretty straight-laced. Are you sure I would be right for this show? And he was like, oh, you'll be fine. These I mean, guys are very yeah. diverse. I mean, they, well, I told good. Her, that's what I, I love know. about You know what show. I compared it to? I told her, I was like, should be fine. Neat cheeks. 
Oh yeah, we had a couple of moms pretty on here talking about yeah, their yeah. their product. Oh, that, was yeah. on Shark Tank and everything like that. So. You know, when we have to be reserved, we're pretty reserved. Yeah, we clean up nicely, Mike. Very diverse. We can fucking do it. (laughs) 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 Well, I think part of you guys cursing is part of your fan base. Sure. Because they feel like it's authentic, you know? Yeah. So, but I apologize for that. Oh, no, don't. No, I couldn't hear that shit It's not that I don't cuss. (laughs) I cuss. Do you know, I just made a, a commitment to myself when I started this journey 12 years ago that I really wanted to be a role model for mm. like young girls. Okay. And so to be a role model, I don't think cursing on stage, I think it's very unprofessional. If you're a hip hop artist, I think you can do whatever you want to our you know, to the to conversation. To a certain extent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just it's my thing. I don't cuss on stage. I don't act a fool. I don't Well most my country th- musicians they're they're more pretty straight laced. Uh, you don't see the parental advisory stickers on that's true. Do you? That is true. That's yeah. true. I haven't seen one, yeah. but I don't listen to a lot of the stuff that's on the radio right now. Yeah. So a lot of shit suicidal. Is, what? Is it, uh, yeah, did you say just say suicidal? suicidal? Yeah. Is, is, <laughs> no, I thought I, I said suicidal. <laughs> did I say that? Yeah, you said <laughs> suicidal. <laughs> right? Am I right? No, I said suicidal. Suicidal. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> I really like upbeat country music. Oh, good. And it seems like you you have more upbeat. Some country music is, I, I don't know why, but maybe this is a perception and the incorrect perception, which I would like for you to clarify. Sure. A lot of the country music, the perception is, my wife left me, my dog died, this, that, and they're lost <laughs> it's my the perception from like 1955. But it's still the perception today, <laughs> I, think I so? would say. Yeah. We got people like Zach Brown out there singing about weed. And but, I'm, but you see, you, but think about the people that don't listen to it. That's the perception oh, I that see. they have. So to draw in that fan base of people that don't listen to country music, can you clarify like what topics and and what you what you generate your music off of? Sure. So I'm I'm not going to speak for everybody because, like I said, I'm not part of the Nashville machine. So I think, you know. Now clarify what is Nashville machine? The Nashville I call it the Nashville machine. So if you're living in Nashville and you're chasing the dream and you have a deal, a record deal with. Universal or Big Machine, mm-hmm. one of the yep. big labels. Yep. That's I've never had that, and I don't really aspire to do that. Um, but I can tell you where my music comes from. Um, the stuff that's on the EP is was is very autobiographical in nature. So when I write, I write about stuff that's happened to me. I can't I can't write about something that. I have an experience. So <coughs> you hear Big Girl Panties, which is one of those songs I co-wrote. It's literally the story behind the song is about me dating this total douchebag guy in 2007 who was a total jerk. What's his name Kanye? Oh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were talking about Kanye before the show. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no. And I was getting ready to move from my little tiny town in South Texas to uh, Dream Chase, and my girlfriend Linda and I were sitting on the couch and boohooing our eyes out. And she said, <laughs> Leslie, you got to put on your big girl panties and deal with it. Wow. And I said, girl, we have to write that someday. <laughs> and so when I started working on this EP, we started writing the song about 2010, I guess. And it's one I'm really, really proud of because I think I told y'all before we started uh, recording that I, I'm, I have a daughter and it's really important to me that 
women have a voice. And I don't think that women need to, to always depend on a man. I know that's stuff I have depended on in the past, and I, it's something I hate about myself to get, you know, satisfaction or to feel good. And this song is just like, you know, sometimes you're going to get hurt, and that's okay. It's what makes you better. Mm -hmm. So put on your big girl panties. When you see the douchebag in the bar... <laughs> Put your chest out, hold your head up, and walk by yep. him and let him see what he messed up by, yeah. you know, dropping you. So for mm. me, my songs are very autobiographical in nature. Love it. Love it. And I yeah. think that's why your music's so good. Uh, because you. Because you do see that. You know, there's a lot of stuff, especially with the, you know, the big stuff that's coming out because they just throw as much stuff at the wall as they can and, and, and hope see stuff sticks. sticks. Yeah. yeah. And so you do find a lot of that that's just not as authentic, not as autobiographical. But I love it. I love that it comes from a place from your heart. I'm the same way with my music. I can't write something that I can't relate to. It just feels right? silly. And, and I'll be honest, especially when I was starting out, I mean, I definitely did that. You know, you're like, what do people want to hear? They want to hear this. So I'm going to write about this, but it's like, I've never gone through anything like that so my lyrics are going to come across as, as douchey maybe <laughs> yeah because one <laughs> or, of the things are inauthentic at, at i used least. to deal with a lot of independent artists and uh one of the things i would always hear from the independent artists is i don't want to sell out my music it was who i am for the record label but the record label always looks for a radio hit they want at least one mm -hmm. what they consider a radio hit. I think at the beginning, if you're an artist, you have to ask yourself what you're in it for. Are you in it because you want a big record deal and you want fame and you want, you know, that, that big kind of thing? Are you in it because you love making music? It's part of who you are and you just want to go out and do it and whatever the result is is what the result yeah. is. And I think you have to decide that early on because if you do want something like that where you want the big label and you want that massive success, there's going to be a lot of compromise involved. I, um, well, I also use another word and I think I used it earlier, flexibility. You have to be diverse. I think that's not just for record labels, but for yourself, diverse. And as far as like pushing as, your limits yeah, as, and as, stuff as, like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, stepping outside of your comfort zone and being okay with that, whether it fails or whether it succeeds, you have to be to be the best musician, the best artist, the best writer, the best producer. You have to be diverse. I mean, you look at someone like a Pharrell. He doesn't do just hip-hop music. He's across every single genre. True, but it's also, if, if that's what you're after, do you want to be the best at what you're doing? Because it's, cause it's art, you know what I mean? So it's, do you want to be the best, or do you just want to find the people? Because this, that's my thing, is I always feel like as an artist, especially when you're independent and stuff, you're like a magnet. And people is just like a bunch of sand at the beach. You just take that magnet, and you got to go through, and you got to find the people that are into what you're doing. And so that's sort of like the independent approach, whereas what you're talking about is being able to scoop up large amounts of sand, right? Or, or stepping and, outside of your you, comfort zone. Great analogy. Yeah. Huh. You know what I mean? So like I'm that. not going to hear a $20 kids album anytime soon? No. But you should. <laughs> Probably you could. Not. You could. Okay, yeah. so last you night, I, I have this song that I sing to my daughter in the bath, mm -hmm. and I was singing it to her, and I said, oh my gosh, I think it would be really cool to do a kids album. It might sound I've actually you know. had that thought myself. Okay, me, you and I should uh -oh, do it. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, bring I'm a little reggae, a little country. Yeah. <laughs> I'm f Mike, I'm feeling it. There you go. Yeah, Seriously. I'm I stepping outside of your comfort zone. That's, that's you have to reach. Whether that's it's for yourself or, zone, though, or for, for your fans or for a record label, regardless, you have to step outside of your comfort zone. Like something you would look at ordinarily <coughs> and say, I don't think I could ever do that. 
but then stepping outside and actually doing it, whether you fail or whether you succeed, you always have to at least say, I don't know. I I don't know if I agree. I I feel like you just got to do what, whatever's in your heart. Because I think like how she mentioned that she's obviously already thought about it and I've actually thought about it too. So it's something I would consider doing. But if you were like, uh, you know, Tony, you need to put out a, a country EP. (laughs) Well, it's not necessarily, not, not necessarily put out, but try like go into the studio and try like, like you acoustic reggae. She's country. What if you brought your acoustic country reggae, reggae sound? Well, I'm just saying, Zach like, Brown's kind of there a little bit. He's got well, some reggae. Don't you think too, though? I mean, to the point about the thing in New Orleans, right? The video yeah. that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy is totally blues. Yeah, and though that was a country song. Patsy Klein tune from like the, probably the 60s. The way he played it on the guitar had definitely like a blues groove. Mm. So when I think about stepping outside of my comfort zone, I would think, ooh, blues is, I That's think, vocally, even though I, I, I know I have a bit of an accent at times, I think vocally I could get to some blues. Oh, without a doubt. Now, yeah. I am not going to bust out doing hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not willing but, to push the vocal but you have, that Well, far. you have, you have genres that are closer to one another than <laughs> sure. blues is going to be a little bit closer to country music. That's true. You know what I mean? So it's so, not a big stretch. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about a lot of country musicians, they always, you always hear them quoting or saying things about your common blues artists like B.B. King, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, and like with Tony, acoustic reggae, Tony loves Bob Marley, you know, those type of artists. And I'm pretty sure Bob Marley never looked at himself as an acoustic reggae artist. So you have genres that are closer to one another, but you also have to think about, could Tony do something acoustically that you could lay down a track to? Oh, whether people you know can I mean? work. No, I work with people across all genres. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm sure you, that's what you're talking about right now, mm-hmm. you know, having a blues guitarist, you know, and, and doing that kind of thing. So, no, I think that's definitely there. I mean, and I think it's good for stuff to mix. And when it, you know, even though I put myself in that like acoustic reggae rock category, I mean, I grew up, I was listening to Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Grunge. I mean, that was, <laughs> that's my roots, man. And, and you and, coming from California, you listen to everything, I would imagine. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. All the West Coast, West Coast rap, yeah. doggy style was one of my favorite albums. To. Uh, yeah, no, um, but why we have you here, because I do want to, I do have some questions that I, okay. I kind of wanted to get into with you. Um, oh, no. This is the lightning round. I know. Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Uh, I got to ask you, I just tell you, let me forewarn you, Tony will ask some tough ass this, questions. She's listening. Tom Brokaw she, questions. Okay. <laughs> I actually always dreamed. I thought, this would be so cool to be interviewed, and then now that I'm in the hot seat, I'm like, oh, gosh, I hope he didn't ask me something. He has some tough questions. I'm not going to do that to you. I just want you to talk a little bit about your first solo performance in front of a 10,000 mm. crowd at AT&T Center in San Antonio in 2004. I, I mm. saw that in your bio yeah. and I thought, holy shit, I've never played for 10,000 people. <laughs> yeah. That sounds awesome. So the story is actually pretty interesting. I've always been musically inclined. So I played violin at like seven and eight, and then I played piano okay. and then clarinet, and then I was in choir in high school. But the one thing that has always been a challenge for me is I have acute stage fright. So, for example, piano recitals, I would become violently ill, hysterical, couldn't pull the emotions together or the stomach ache. Sweaty? Yeah, and like diarrhea. <laughs> like, I mean, serious. <laughs> serious business. Everyone's now going to look at like the Leslie Tom wow. like, cover of Second Act and be like, wow. Oh, diarrhea. Wow. 
Well, <laughs> well I want to hear where she goes because I'm hearing overcoming. Okay. Uh, so, um, I remember in high school and choir, our choir teacher wanted us to do row, row, row your boat. My mm. girlfriend Dawn and I, <laughs> and I couldn't get through it. I opened my mouth and nothing would come out. So that <laughs> is basically like, uh. So in I don't know in my early. 20s, I decided that I really wanted to start singing. And the Today Show, this is before Idol, so the Today Show was having an Idol-esque competition. And something inside of me just said, I want to I want to try out for that show. So there was some sort of like coupon or something to do group vocal lessons. So I started taking vocal lessons in San Antonio where I was living. And from that, decided... I didn't really want to do that show anymore, but Gimme the Mic was coming, which is another American Idol type show in San Antonio. So I'm going to I'm going to try out for that. And I worked for the San Antonio Spurs at the time, and we had a like a what a 70s night. And so they said, "Do you want to sing for 70s night?" And I said, <laughs> "No, yes, you know, one of those things." And so I worked on Hopelessly Devoted to You. And my first solo performance was standing in the middle of the AT&T Center, center Court, <laughs> singing shit. Hopelessly Devoted to You in front of 10,000 people right At before this, uh, before the game. Really? That's amazing. It was the scariest. Well, the, the only thing that I've done that's been a bit more frightening than that is I've done the national anthem yes. at a Spurs game. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, everyone's there. Then there's like 30,000 people, and that's acapella. And the way that I got through that was I sipped Southern Comfort before. <laughs> Calm the nerves. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah. And then I looked into the spotlight, and I just thought, you know what? I have 25,000 angels here, and they want me to succeed. Nobody wants you to fail with that. Right, right. And that's a huge right. military town, so right. that was pretty intense. Though. That's <laughs> insanity. <laughs> yeah. So do you... Do you uh, sympathize with the people that forget the lyrics to uh yeah that's probably my biggest fear i had two um national anthem engagements in chicago in may and i worked with a vocal coach for three months before i did these two and they both were military (laughs) events where active duty like high-ranking officials like generals were going to be there (laughs) and so the first one i did oh i did okay but the second one was the Cisco Food Service Salute to the Troops. And that one, Gary Sinise was going to be hosting it as well as, who's the really famous chef that's like from Britain? Like his big muscles. Oh, the, he like yells at people. Restaurant right? Impossible. Uh, Restaurant Impossible. It's, um, uh, Restaurant Impossible. He's got the place in Vegas, right? No, she's not talking no. about Chef Ramsay. No, she's no not Ramsay. Restaurant, Restaurant Impossible. Anyway, the, they were hosting it. And so it was one of those things where they had a professionally recorded voice. Now, ladies and gentlemen, coming Robert to this Irvine. Robert Irvine. Wow. Coming to the stage. Did you Lesson. wait a minute? Did you hear the two? Yeah, Irvine. 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 Yeah. Robert um, Irvine. You guys, pay, Love you guys rewind that part. So I'm uh, Colorado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? California and Colorado sounds the same, I think. Is it? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Well, it's because you have so many Californians here. Yeah, that's probably she said Robert Irvine. Irvine. I could spell so, his name based upon the way that you just pronounced it. That's right. <laughs> Robert Irvine. 
you're describing like my worst nightmare. I've told, I think I've told on the podcast, right? As a musician, that's always been my fear is that somebody's going to ask me to sing the national anthem. So my whole life, I've like practiced it. I sing in the shower all the time. Mm, I'm always, yeah. just, I don't know why I'm so scared. I'm not scared of forgetting the words, but I'm, I'm just scared of being pitchy or just sounding terrible. I will or, sing that song anywhere, anytime anyone asks me to do it. I'm not kidding you. Like, I'll I think be, we could balance each other out a lot. I like be in a bar somewhere and someone say, do you want to sing the anthem? And I'm like, yeah, Hell sure. Yeah. I'm emailing I would love someone to sing right the, now. I tweeted the Broncos, actually. Let them know that Tony's interested. <laughs> you fool. Stop I'm it. What, Leslie, you were saying something. Right now. Okay. No, you better not be. You don't want to sing it? The, you practice it all your life. Have you been here? Did you hear what I just said? It's, it's awkward. It's awkward. I'm a reggae. Yeah, I do that's it like Bob outside of your comfort zone. Oh, listen to this guy. Nushin had him on the podcast. <laughs> 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 you were going to say something. Yeah, I was Leslie. just saying, I tweeted the Broncos last a couple weeks ago. I'm like, hey, they were. They tweeted that some woman was doing the anthem, and I tweeted back, hey, I want to do the anthem, and I tagged a YouTube video, and then I got all nervous, like, oh, man, I wonder if they actually saw Of course, no one does anything, but... Yeah, that would be oh, super yeah. cool. Yeah, that would be that'd be cool for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, we I'm know. Oh Lord, no. the rock, red, red, <laughs> like Baba Rasta. Yeah, better no. there. No, 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 no. We're better off without me doing the national anthem. Trust me, Tyson. Put your phone. Why? <laughs> doing over there. No, away. I'm just saying hello to a friend. Go ahead. Yeah. Just saying <laughs> Say hello. hello to Say a friend. Hello to a friend. This foolio. Um, so. Give me the mic. Hold on. Before you, is give me the mic. That's a Denver thing too, right? Did they have a? Didn't they have a? Give me the mic. Uh, Probably. I think that like back in the day, like on in KW. It seemed like it was a local thing or something like that. Two or something. I don't know. Gotcha. Okay. So very similar. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry, buddy. No, I was just gonna ask. Um, because again, you have you've done that Patsy Cline stuff and everything. Like, what what influences do your music? Now or then? Then. What, in, what inspired you mm -hmm. to be the country sure. singer that you are? Yeah. My parents divorced when I was six months or a year old. Okay. And every other Friday, my dad came to pick me up. And my dad is one of the best men I know, just a good, good old country boy. And so when he'd pick me up in his Ford pickup, we'd drive down Highway 77 back to Kennedy, Texas, where he lived. And back in those days, it was cassette tapes. So he would put, I remember Hank Williams Sr. going in a lot. Oh, wow. And then he would play Patsy Cline and Tammy Wynette. And then I, rem I don't know why I remember this so much, but Dolly, I don't know if you remember the, the movie she did called The Best Little Whore House in Texas. Yep. So he would play that tape over all the, <laughs> the music from the, the movie. And I loved it. And then, it, you know, later on, it would be the Judds. And so I think because... And I, I grew up in Corpus Christi, Texas, but w on the outskirts. And I was an FFA and 4-H. I mean, my degree from A&M's <laughs> Agricultural Development with an emphasis from in dairy science. So You are country girl. I am country. It's just, I think it's the, the, the things, the people I grew up with, what was presented to me. I mean, I think if my dad had listened to rock, I'd probably be a rock singer, you know? Yeah. yeah. Where Makes are you sense. from? Makes sense. In Texas. Corpus Christi. Okay. Okay, military area, huh? Yes, yeah. very strong military. Mm. My dad, my parents weren't military. Oh, my stepdad was Air Force, um, but not not career. He s served in Vietnam. Mm. Gotcha. Um, 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, Why don't you talk a little bit about, um, you did for about a three-year period, right? You moved to uh, the big Nashville. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you moved to Nashville for yeah. about three years. And uh, what was that like? I've always wondered. I've never actually even been to Nashville, but I know it's, it's like can a I, songwriting. Can I tell you about what Nashville is before she gives her perspective on a singer-songwriter kind Isn't of thing? Isn't that the new KFC chicken? <laughs> no, I'm fucking That's a hot you. chicken. Yeah, you're I'm actually right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it to the black guy to talk about <laughs> <laughs> Mike, that was great. That was perfect. So anyways, okay, so let me give you my perspective as a, an outsider into the music world. When you go to Nashville, there's music everywhere. When you get off the plane, when you go into Broadway, downtown, every bar, every restaurant, live music. There's live music in the freaking bathrooms. I was like, I remember one time I'm sitting there, I was like, man, this is really good live music. I was like, cool. Walked into another room. Oh, there's another person here playing live music. Okay, cool. Wow. I really got to use the bathroom. And I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, live music. I'm like, what wait, the hell? Wait, Turn wait, around, wait, wait. guy in the bathroom. No, live really? music. There was literally a dude playing no, music. I'm just exaggerating. <laughs> okay. like, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Wow. He but must have been in a part of Nashville I wouldn't in. <laughs> Can you but, imagine uh, that gig? I wonder what that pays. Oh, Next man. to the toilet. No, it's, I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> from the outsider looking in, dude, it's music everywhere they have the country music hall of fame down there mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i went to uh, i didn't go into it but uh it was a, i was in a conference at the time and we stayed at the double tree uh which gives you free cookies every day by the way yeah yes they and do they do <laughs> oh so delicious Those cookies are like fucking 600 and there was their I was saying, so yeah. they're not worth the calories yeah yeah. yeah i saw that and felt bad in california last week <laughs> yeah, so I didn't felt bad. Yeah, it's like thirty two grams of fat and six hundred plus. You felt calories. bad from just looking at it, or you ate, I had one. From looking like. at the label that they put on the back, you felt bad from looking it's at it. It's only bad if you don't work it. out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, it was like um, we had a conference at the at that new convention center. They have mm-hmm. the Music City Center. Center, yeah. and dude, that thing is it's that Music City Center. By the way, it's designed to. Look like a guitar? I, I think, think that's so. What it is. It's designed to look wow. like a guitar inside of it. It's all acoustically sound, and like they have everything in there outside of there, um, right across the street from the um, Country Music Hall of Fame. They have like stars on the ground. You mm. know what's funny? Really? Kid Rock has his own star mm. across from the sh- street on the Country Music Hall of Fame. Is it all country artists? No, because Kings, Kings of Leon was also oh, okay. on the, on okay. the so out there too, which I thought was weird, but I don't know how you... They're stepping you. outside their comfort zone. Huh? <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, that's the shit of the night. <laughs> stepping outside of your comfort zone. But the, the, the thing was, like I said, email real just quick and see what she looking said about in, this out, of every, <laughs> out of every place that I've been, you know, Denver, I've been to San Diego, I've been to Seattle, you know, the music up there and everything like that. Nashville... It, like is serious music. They take their music seriously out there. You have to go to New Orleans, man. I mean, I'm not yeah. discrediting Nashville. Let me tell you something. New Orleans One of the is best places. In- yes, yes. And to see a second line, it like sent chills down my spine to see a second line. Just I've been out in of two nowhere. of those. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> yes. It's like something that <laughs> can never be re- reproduced once you see it. Dang. It, it 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 is that we saw a second line. I don't even know what it was for. But, I mean, the soul, the feeling, the vibe, the aura that you get from a second line in New Orleans, it can't be reproduced anywhere else in the world. And on top of that, that's where Popeyes came from. 
Okay, okay, gentlemen, gentlemen, we do have Leslie Tom in the studio, just in case anybody forgot. uh, Tell us about your experience in Nashville. I'm very curious. So, gosh, it's it's a great question. I'm very glad I did it. Nashville was a really difficult time for me personally. So um, I went through a divorce in 2006 and um, met this really, really great guy in 2007. Um, Actually, 2008, I guess. And I was living in Birmingham, Alabama at the time and driving back and forth to Nashville to write. And I met him at a bar one night randomly. I wasn't even supposed to be there. And it was a fast and furious love affair and two months after we started dating, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Oh, oh man. So, Did you write a song about that? Yes, it's called That Someone Else. Outstanding. Go yeah. ahead. Thank you. And so um, I moved to Nashville, and I just remember when he told me, I said, I'm not scared of the cancer. I'm scared that you're going to push me away because of the cancer, and I want to fight this journey with you. So I moved to Nashville, and I went with him to his chemo appointments, Um I was waiting tables at two different restaurants, trying to write during the day. And right after he was diagnosed, my stepdad's cancer came back from being in remission. So emotionally, I was in a really horrible place. Financially, I was in a really horrible place too. So I wasn't in the best frame of mind, I think, in Nashville. I was totally beat down. So part of my my perception of my lack of success there was my own issue, I think, and my own issue with self-confidence okay. and not feeling, I wasn't in a good place and I didn't feel supported when I was there. Not my family always supported me, but like I just didn't feel supported otherwise. And I didn't know how to really maneuver all of the different moving parts to figure out how to do it well. But I did a lot of writer nights and I met some really incredible people. What are writer nights? Uh, it's when songwriters... Like usually there were three of us. You would go to a bar or you go to a hotel and you play for free basically and you sing your songs that you've written, mm. which was really cool. And so the great news is the guy that I was dating is perfectly healthy. Oh, I was waiting. No. <laughs> awesome. He's amazing. Awesome. And it just, <clears throat> I, we had different paths in life. He didn't want children and I wanted the option to have kids. My stepdad died six years ago from cancer. Mm. Um, so... It was just a really, really tough time for me. And I think the straw that broke the camel's back is I couldn't make the minimum payment on my credit card anymore. Mm-hmm. And when I couldn't make the minimum pay- payment on my credit card, I had a decision to make. Do you declare bankruptcy and still live in poverty, which is what I was doing? Or do you get a job, like a real job that gives you benefits? And My perception, and this could be wrong, I don't think it is, but I'm just going to say what my perception is. The minute that you get a real job, then you're discredited in Nashville. Right. Mm. And I get that impression too. Um, I listen to a couple of like podcasts and stuff that come out of Nashville and sort of just try to, I pay attention to what's going on there. It's, you know, a lot of songwriters and stuff. That's interesting to hear that though. Um, Because that was one of the things too, that book that I was reading, The Six Figure Musician, uh, he talks about that. And she's like, one of the first things is like, no plan B. You can't have a plan B. You can't have the more you're doing a day job, the more you get distracted, you need that fire into your ass. And that works for some people. And for some people, it doesn't. There's plenty of people who have had a ton of success working a day job the whole way until it just kind of took off, and then they they didn't worry about that. Well, for me, financial um, security was really important. I didn't, I'm not independently wealthy. I didn't have anything to fall back on. And so if you can't, 
you have creditors calling you because you can't make your credit card payments. In my mind, that isn't a way to live. And I mm. can't be creative when I'm emotionally, spiritually, and financially destitute. And maybe there's people there that can. I'm sure there are plenty of them. But I also was told I was too old. I moved to Nashville when I was 30. Oh, I know you don't like to cussing, but fuck that. That is silly. It's I true. can't stand it when people talk. Well, yeah, I know. But to me, it's, it's sort of that same conversation of what are you trying to do? You're trying to scoop up all the sand? Then, okay, sure. You want to be the, you know, the young person and fit the mold and all that. But if you're just an artist doing your thing, there are people out there um, that, that will support you. You just got to find them you know, yeah. and, and do it. But it's interesting to hear your experience. And it's really... Uh, self-aware of you to be able to see so clearly how much of your experience was really personally what you were going on regardless of what city you would have been in um, yeah it's a pretty enlightened perspective very cool and so then after that you went back to texas is that i did uh i went back to texas and um started working on the ep and that is has another story all of its own that is an, an incredible journey for do you have children yeah, all of us. Okay, we all have kids, so this is <laughs> you'll understand this. So I started working on the EP. This was going to be my second act as a human being. I was going to push this. I have a great following in Europe. I was going <laughs> to... Yeah, oh my gosh, they That's love so traditional country music over there. <laughs> That's too funny. They love country music over there. So I was going to go back to Europe and play, I was, you know. And right as I finished the very last song, I found out I was pregnant. And that is fine. Um, it kind of hinders going to Europe when you're pregnant. Right, and a touring schedule and all like, that. Uh, shoot. <coughs> so when I was 23 weeks pregnant, um, we had just done the EP release party in, in Austin. My husband and I went to New York City for a four-day vacation baby moon. <laughs> and I went into preterm labor in Manhattan. Oh, my and goodness. And spent five days in NY Downtown Hospital. Um, and they couldn't ever stop my contractions. I did not have my daughter there, but they couldn't stop my contractions. And so the doctors basically <sighs> said, we hope you like it here because you're not going anywhere. Wow. So we found a place to live in two days in Manhattan. Um, <laughs> oh, damn, if you're not a country musician, what the fuck is? Yeah, I live a country wow. song, baby. I live country music. <laughs> wow. And I mean, the story is even crazier than that because we found... We lived in a hotel for one night. We stayed in a hotel one night when I got out of the hospital. The next day, we moved into our corporate apartment. That night, Hurricane Sandy hit. Jeez. And everything two blocks below us was out of electricity for a week. We didn't lose power, anything. So we were there for almost three months. And it was the most incredible experience of my entire life. And then we flew back to Austin on Christmas Day. How apropos. And um, don't tell me the plane crash and you survived. No, I'm <laughs> no. with you. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no. Oh gosh, no. Be terrible. Uh, so I had my daughter at 38 weeks, and she's amazing. She's almost three. So I guess that sort of leads to like why now, right? So I have a very strong faith. Anybody that follows me on Twitter probably knows I talk mm -hmm. about God a lot and stuff. And I started doing some real soul searching at the end of last year or the beginning of last year. And every time I would say, I'm not doing this anymore. It's too painful. I can't do it. Then it's like God would open this other door. <laughs> and I would say, okay, well, I feel like he's trying to tell me something. And so I'd try walking through it. But it became very strong and very evident to me over the summer 
that this was the time to really chase it, and Denver was the place to do it. And so I hired a music business consultant. My, um, I'm surrounded by these amazing, strong female women in Denver that are in the music business. And none of us are 20. We're all older. We've all had our different experiences and struggles. And it has just absolutely been the best experience of my life. I just, to your point about following your fan base, I have this fan base that is incredible. And I feel it's silly. It's Twitter, right? You don't really know people or Facebook. But I get so much love from these fans that are on Twitter and they'll, hey, Leslie, and they DM me, direct message me. And it's like this love and support. You, It almost feels like I'm in a little bubble. And I'll take it because, listen, I've had that bubble popped many a times. <laughs> and I love being back in my bubble. But I just, I feel so supported here. I'm surrounded by great, great people um, and I, things are happening. It's incredible. And I, again, to your point, Tony, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what what this journey, where this is going to lead me. But this is what I do know. When I decided to to really give this a go again, I had a whole new focus. <laughs> so before the focus was, I want to be the next Faith Hill. I want to be the big thing, right? I want to be. I want to do this. I want to tour. I want da 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 da. And I emailed this gal that I had worked with for 10 years in Texas. And she said, oh, my gosh, we're so glad to hear from you. How are you doing? Da, da, da. And I said, you know, the redefinition of success is so important in this journey for me. If one person is moved by a song that I helped create, I'm successful. Now yeah. you got it. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Yep. That's wow. it. And I could just tell, just just looking at your demeanor and like your face light up, like this is your passion in life. I have to do it. You have to. You have no and choice. Otherwise, it, you always... I know, right? Like people that don't have, the, I call it a gift because I think we all have different gifts. This is definitely a God-given thing. And I think when God gives us something, <clears throat> he intends for us to use it to his glory. And it, I think it, it comes out in different ways. I would agree. But I have to. And when I'm doing it, I am so invigorated and I'm me and I feel more alive when I'm on a stage than I do any other time in my and life. See, and then, see, I'm a big, I'm a hippy-dippy guy. We know this from the show. <laughs> he told me he's a, I, you're a hippy-dippy guy. I am. Yeah. And I, I trust my heart before I trust anything else in the world. Because as you point, it, you, that's one way to look at it. You know, is your heart is your connection to God and to the universe and, and yeah. sort of your place in the whole thing. So the whole, you know, you're too old, you're too this, you're too that. It's, None of it. You don't need any of that in your life. If your heart tells you you're doing the right thing, you're doing the right thing. So we're stoked to have you. I'm so glad that you, you're you here talking about this. Um, I relate to you so much. Um, I've told the story on the podcast. I, I worked in uh, education for about 10 years, got laid off one day, and Ooh, uh, never ow. went never went back. Wow. That's I just great. Yeah, I just decided to go full, full speed with the music. And it's something I've been doing my whole life anyway. And I, I know those pains. There were times I took my guitar down to the pawn shop and oh, yeah. done. I can't. It's too painful. Like I've, I'm always pulled in this direction. And, and I have three kids, you know. So Holy moly. You have three kids? I have three kids. I did not know this. Yeah. Wow. Big kudos to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's easy. incredible. <laughs> you probably have an amazing wife, right? Uh, definitely. Absolutely have to. Yeah. There's, there's no option. Uh, I would love to meet not. Mrs. Dollar. Yeah. I bet she's a good lady. I've been trying to get her on the podcast, but she's... No, we, can't do. Say, we were trying to do a, a wife's episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be yeah. a hoot. That sure would be. I think out of, out of all of us, Tyson here is the only one that's had his wife on the show. Oh yeah, she has oh, yeah. been on the show. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. 
And Jared, too. Well, no. Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy. <laughs> yeah. But Bruce Leroy's ladies never. Well, no, she was in the room one time, but she wasn't ever on a microphone yeah, or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. what's the future of Leslie Tom? It's a great, great question. question. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jinx. I know. And if you're anything like me, and I think I relate somewhat, my, my old self, the answer would have been, you know, giant national tours, Grammy Awards, you name it, whatever, signed to a big label, and now it's... What's the future? More of this. <laughs> more playing music, more writing music, more getting in front of people and just seeing where the road takes us. And But I, I think whether you aspire to do it or not, you should always have that in the back of your mind just in case the door is, is knocked upon. Okay, uh, so can I tell you what my goals are for the year? Yes. yes. That may be a roundabout way of answering. So there are 10, uh, 10 goals, but I think there's... Wait, you have 10 specific goals? Mm -hmm. She's OCD like me, Mike. <laughs> I've got a list of goals just like you I have do. them written down and on my bulletin board. Oh, I got them on an email. I look at them every day. <laughs> so, But I think there's like three that are super important to me that I talk about all the time to anybody that will listen. Because I feel like if you verbalize what your goals are, then people help keep you accountable. Yep. Right? So the first one is, um, I will not let fear get in the way of my musical success in 2016. When a door opens for me, I walk through the door without hesitation or expectation. And the third one is, I will not let my experiences of the past hinder my successes of the future. Mm. Those are my three, like, live, die. I and then love I have... Leslie Tom. I just want you to know. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's awesome. I want to play five festivals this summer. That's another one. I want to write 25 great songs. And that may seem silly because there are people in Nashville that sit and write probably five songs a day. But I don't want to just write 25 songs. I want to write 25 great songs that mean something, that say something. Mm. Um, I think you have the, you ever, the, the background to draw upon, this for sure. Oh, Lord, do I ever. <laughs> uh, Every year I do the Cheeseman Park Art Fest. I run the sound for it, and I help book the acts and stuff. So maybe I can help you get one of those if you're interested. Is that I would first love saw it. you, Tony. Uh, oh, well, not Tony, first saw you. I, I make it sound like we fucking we're fucking married or something. Is that I think is that where <laughs> I first saw, saw you saw perform? You. Was that? It was a pretty large event. I think oh, it was an outdoor sound. event or yeah, something. Yeah. Probably it was you probably Cheeseman Park Art Fest or Capitol Hill People's Fair, maybe or maybe. one of those. I would love it. Odd, I I'll send you my EPK. Yeah, let's. <laughs> we need to. Yeah, we need I'll, people I'll, call my people. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and for us, Indy, I was gonna say for indie artists, I'll call you or you call me. That's basically <laughs> what that means. Or I'll direct message you. Maybe you won't mistake me for a man <laughs> this time. Oh, we had that coming. You know, you were so sweet too. We got to mention on air. I don't think we even mentioned this, but you came bearing gifts. Today. Oh yeah, I did. And, yeah. And what do you got sitting there in front of you, Mike? Uh, yeah, whiskey. <laughs> I, I didn't think that. he liked <laughs> it though. Shit yeah. No, I did. No, yeah. Two glasses. Already. Yeah, I was gonna say oh, I can tell. Mike is blood well, red. Oops, sorry. Um, but yeah, she that that. And she prefaced my gift with being lame, but it's like one of the coolest gifts ever. She brought me like the exact kind of kombucha that I drink. So she I called it kombucha. I didn't kombucha. even know what it was called. <laughs> I call it kombucha. <laughs> or you guys keep the kombucha. We don't like, do that I, in I, Texas. Literally, we don't at do King Supers, I was like, where do we have? Do you have kombucha here? <laughs> <laughs> like, There's a yeah. like, I think I can help you. You've never had it, have you? <laughs> yeah, it's a, I get a hippie evening. But we, it's so sweet of you. We really appreciate it. You brought sure. in uh, copies of both uh, your first and second album. These are both albums, right? Or is one, yeah, an, one an album, one that's an EP? Right yep. The new one's the EP. Yeah? <laughs> He's letting you know that yeah. that's his. Again. What's on this side of the table, though, it's under yeah. my hand. So 
I'm not actually. I'm not going to get into a physical confrontation with Tyson. (laughs) Twice twice my size. Tyson might whip you. (laughs) I'm not going to fight the black guy. (laughs) No, that is not what I said. That is not what I said. But but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. And then what else she brought? She I I reminded her. Oh yeah. She brought her championship rings, you guys. Spurs. Spurs. Yeah, you worked for the uh, San Antonio Spurs I for did, a period. for almost four years. So when you work as an employee of the San Antonio Spurs, I don't know if this is like, I think this is for most professional sports teams, and they win a championship, the team gets rings too. That was my fun fact. It was, and that was and I awesome. Talking, I was like, I was like you would never guess this about me. So yeah, I have two NBA championship rings, and it's the exact ring that the players get minus all the diamonds. <laughs> wow. So, so dope looking. So would you, I, I, I consider, and I think a lot of athletes and fans consider the Spurs to be one of the best organizations in basketball. I totally agree. I think so. And let me tell you, like, so that you know that it's not some facade, when I sent out an email to all of my contacts that I was new music, really pushing this again. So it was about four or five months ago. I got a response from Greg Popovich. Oh, get out of town. Pop. Yeah, pop. So he said, hi, Leslie Tom. So great to hear from you. I, I, I've always, something to the effect of, I've always um, enjoyed your music. I'm so glad to hear from you. And I can't wait to hear what you sound like more mature because that's been almost 15 well 10 10 years ago 12 years ago that I worked for them so I just he is Greg Popovich is Air Force he's military he runs a tight ship he doesn't let his players act a fool and if they do then they're off the team I mean he's just straight up and down it's pop you know how he is he's an amazing guy and the guy is on the team don't do crazy things, you know. I Makes consi- sense. I consider him a Bill, uh, a better Bill Belichick. I hate Bill Belichick, by the <laughs> way. But I consider him. He is like what you, what I would hope Bill Belichick would be. I'm not a Patriots fan, but I hate Bill Belichick. <laughs> I hate Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, with that. And I, Tom I was watching clips of him too. getting hit both. today. That's <laughs> terrible. Just, that's one thing I hope happens this weekend is because Go once Broncos. he gets touched. He is like a nervous baby. Seriously, once he gets touched, he's like, "Please don't ruin my face." That's that's the way he starts with all the football. He's yeah, like, "Oh my god, fragile. oh my god, Giselle's gonna divorce me." Yeah, this face yeah. is messed up. Giselle's gonna yeah, divorce please, me. Oh my god, I'm gonna get hit. He he really he becomes a very nervous player. So I hope the Broncos can get to him this weekend. I agree. Yeah. A um, couple more questions I, I wanted to get in for you, too. One is one that we ask dum, dum, dum. every single guest that comes on the show. We call it the yep. island question. Um, let's wow. say you're stuck on a desert island oh, for the rest of your life, and you do have a way to play music, and you're comfortable. you got food and everything. You're not starving or any kind of bad situation. Uh, but you got a way to play music, but you can only have one album for the rest of your life. What would your album be? Oh, an album? Everybody gets the, the same, the same sour look on their face whenever we say that. I don't know. I can tell you what artist. I don't know that I could name a okay. specific album. That's fine. It's a to- It's a toss up. I think it would be George Jones. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why? Um, he has some songs that are just incredible. 
there's a song that he did. I saw this video the other day, and every time I hear it, it gives me the chili bumps. It's called Who's Gonna <laughs> Fill Their Shoes. That's awesome. Tony, I got, I got the chili bumps. <laughs> I love that she said chili bumps. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Gonna Fill Their Shoes? And it's a song about the, the greats, the patriarchs and matriarchs of country music. And the song was done like mm. in the 80s, and the video was done in the 80s. But I remember seeing it. Was it 85? Yep. And that's when all those old crooners started dying off. And when you have that sound that's the, like the foundation of our genre, who is going to fill their shoes? It sure as shit isn't going to be these yahoos playing now. <laughs> you say shit. I well, t- say I'm shit. sorry. No, I you say yeah, she's, she's, getting shit. In, she's getting into the vibe. Like according to Mike. <laughs> so, okay. um, yeah, yeah, that's that, my. That definitely works. I, Conway Twitty would be the, Conway Twitty is the second one. Look at this. He's a song Conway Twitty, Tennessee okay. Whiskey. Yeah, Mike's already Mike's like already digging it. Um, we're just times flying by so fast. Uh, hopefully How much time do we have? Hopefully, oh, we still got like a half hour. And we okay, got good. news and fun forty minutes. Okay. Forty minutes, yeah. Okay, okay so good. we're doing okay. Um, and it, we'd love to have you back too. Oh, I'd wanna. be here in one second. Awesome, <laughs> that's good. This. That's a fast drive. You might uh, want to slow down. That's true. That's a dad. Dude, the dad. Yeah, the yeah the I was like, Tony does. Tony has the three three kids. So Tony's like versed in dad jokes and dad lingo. Um. You co-wrote a song, right, with Becky Hobbs, is that? Nope, I didn't oh. co-write anything. Yeah, I wish. She's she, country music. But you did a song on an album. Several, yeah. Okay. So, How did you, do you know her personally? Yes. Like, okay, cool. I do. Um, but my producer, Bill Green in San Antonio, was very close friends with her. So uh. she did One Woman on High Maintenance. She co-wrote I'll Take the Fifth, Boys in the Band. yeah. Okay. Boys in the Band is like my favorite one, though. That was the is one that, that spent 10 weeks on the Texas charts. Oh, yeah, that was one of my questions, too, just kind of how that Texas was. Texas charts. Yeah. Please specify for a non-country music, well, fan. We, there's a whole movement in Texas that I think is affectionately re- referred to as Red Dirt now, the Red Dirt movement in Texas. Mm. So we had our own charts. Um, and I don't, it wasn't just Texas. It was like Texas... Oklahoma and Arkansas, I think, were the three states. And so basically, they <coughs> track spends on radio, and then there's a chart, just like the billboard charts. Or yeah, we call that BDS. Is that similar to I guess, BDS I don't know spends? BDS. Maybe. That's like the main. That's like the yeah. national. The, do they yes. tra- does country music? Uh, I, would, I would guess country music is tracked. It has BDS to be. Wise. Yeah, I would assume so, too. Yeah. So it was just tracked through the mostly indie stations, but, I mean, I guess if you were – lucky enough to get played on some of the clear channel stations are now called iHeartRadio, then yeah. mm-hmm. those would all count too. So yeah, Boys in the Band was my release in 2006 that spent some time on the Texas charts, which mm, was exciting. Very cool. And Becky's you have a, a hoot. very country musician background. I swear, like, from hearing your story of growth and it's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, yeah. Re- it's not, it's not forced. I mean, it's. I was yeah, talking no, to clearly not. I was talking to some people today at the Colorado Performing Arts Jamboree, which is this really cool event where a bunch of different artists and stuff get together, and buyers come from all over the state of Colorado to talk to artists, and it's anything from like singers to people that do variety shows to people that do bal- balloon art, uh-huh. and I would people would say, "Well, what do you do?" And I'd say, "Well, I'm traditional country." I mean, like. 
you know, like I showed dairy cattle in college and <laughs> was in 4-H and FFA and growing up. I mean, it's... And I think people overuse that when they say traditional country. So probably, pe- I would think I people don't know what you mean when you say... I mean, they know what you mean, but they probably yeah. don't believe you. I was actually... Because cause a lot of people say that, but you do. You have a really roots country sound, and I love it. I say Thank roots. You. That's how you describe roots <laughs> reggae. I don't know if you say that in country. Maybe you do say roots. Somebody said, I, I like this term too to define it is classic country mm-hmm. i yep. think traditional cool. and classic yeah yeah mm. no i absolutely love it um so when you do record and stuff do you you record like for your your album and your ep like yes. where where'd you do it at did it all in san antonio at bgm network which is bill mm. green music bill green produced both of my records and record in my ep and I'm going to be back in the studio this year, which is really exciting. Excellent. And I'm hoping to do some of it with John Macy, with Macy Sound Studios here in Denver. And then I'll do some of it back in San Antonio with mm. the same crew that I've been with for tw- for 10 years. Yeah. So it's... I, you I, build those relationships. Yeah. yeah. Well, not only that, do you feel like as a country musician that you, just like any other genre, <laughs> that you kind of have to go back to the original landscape, like a Texas or... Nashville. Do you feel like I you, wouldn't do it in Nashville? You would never do it, really. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when I would think about country music, why would you not go back to a Nashville? Um, because Nashville's never been comfortable for me. And in order to um, be authentic and to relay what I'm trying to say, I have to be somewhere where I'm. I feel like I'm in a safe place, and I don't feel safe in Nashville. But I feel very safe when I'm with John Macy, who's a phenomenal pedal steel player here in Denver. And I feel really safe when I'm with Bill Green in San Antonio <coughs> and Alan Colby, who's played guitar with me for 12 years. You have to, I, for me, I have to be someplace where if I'm having trouble with the song, that I can feel like I can have trouble with it and, it and it doesn't send me over the edge because I'm too anxious, worried about what people are thinking. I mean, I've proven myself to those guys. I don't have to prove myself to anybody that I've worked with before. And I think there's something from the surrounding too, like where you're living. Yeah. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. It came up where we were talking about, I'm working on doing a, my first movie score and stuff right now. And so we, I was talking about that general pool when you're in entertainment toward LA. There's yeah. just, so sort of always this, always this pool because there's so much going on there. But I was just talking about how I'll just never do it. I'll, it's that same thing. Like if I was after that big thing, I probably would consider it. But to me, I mean, I have three kids too. And I just love Denver, Colorado. Oh gosh, I love living here. And that, makes me able to create my best art because I'm happy in my life and I'm enjoying stuff. And there's people who say the opposite too, right? There's the whole like tortured soul mentality, but <laughs> like Kurt Cobain and well, I have, Jam and those Like whole- I have a friend like I was telling you guys before that's on the show Co Black and he was saying he can't move outside of LA and Hollywood. Well, yeah, it's a- You know what I mean? And like he feels he can't like- why? I was just gonna say it depends on I mean Well he was saying like because he's an up and comer. Oh yeah, and I it believe feels that. Like because he's an up and comer, he has to be in the epicenter of everything that is his craft. And to do that, you have to be in LA or Hollywood. He said he he said once I make it, then yeah, he doesn't want to raise his family. He doesn't have a family yet, but he doesn't want to raise his family in LA or Hollywood, but he feels like right now he has to make that sacrifice to be in the epicenter of everything that he feel well well that's perceived to relate to his craft well it makes sense same reason a lot of people go to nashville yeah. and it yeah. works out yeah. for people sometimes yeah. I, I, mean, ta- I agree last yeah. guest we had well not a last guest but a previous guest we had on skype roxy lee hart oh roxy lee hart yeah she's yeah. in la she yeah she was denver 
to LA. Even actually, Deed Rockland too. Deed That's Rockland right. was Denver, and he moved all the way out to LA. Mm-hmm. Same thing too to kind of be closer. Yeah, I totally like get missing, that. I think the people. I think yeah. those people feel like they're missing out on something. Well, you know what? You know? I was in. Um, I was in Crested Butte last weekend for a singer songwriter thing, and oh, I right. was having a conversation with the hit songwriter and one of the things they talk about is the importance of networking and when you're not in the epicenter of what's going on you can't network you can't and so much is about who you know and And there's something to be said for that there's something to be said for that for sure i mean when you can bump into people and you're in the same neighborhood and using the same roads and those kind of things but i just feel like the ultimate don't you guys agree i mean the ultimate future is everything's going on the internet you can reach people you couldn't reach before i was gonna say email text messages yeah (laughs) but but i will tell you like my (coughs) i guess kind of break was via telephone I dealt with people for years that I never met uh, in the industry. It was just I had 30 seconds on the telephone. I need to say something. They didn't give a shit about how I looked or mm-hmm. anything like that, but I had to say something that registered. Yeah. Well, it, well, I mean, right now I'm working on a movie with a guy who's an established mm-hmm. Hollywood director, and I met him through a connection through my aunt, but she lives in L.A., but me and my aunt, I haven't seen my aunt in probably... 10, 15 years but, or something. Yeah. But because of Facebook and the ease of it, she just put me in contact and we started talking and started sending files back and forth. Yeah. And before you know it, I've never even, I, not that I've never been there, but I haven't been out to LA to meet this guy in person yet or anything. And, and that's we're kind working of, together. It's one of those of things old where. school though. Now that if you think about it, like you were saying, like telephone and actually even probably Facebook at this point, which is weird. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of an old school way to communicate, but it's, it's persistence. I think that's the biggest thing. Well, for musicians, is persistence. Yeah, depending on what you're after, you know, yeah. persistence yeah. with whatever. That that the score thing wasn't something I was ever yeah. looking yeah. for. It just yeah. sort of depending what came you're along. after and depending who's listening. That's, that's right. the other thing too, because with us with WROM, yeah. which we're featured on, no joke. Like all of a sudden, you know, we're doing our podcast and we get reached out by Tom up in Detroit. And he said, hey, you guys being featured anywhere? We're like, yeah, we're being featured on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) That's us. We're on the internet. And he's like, no, no. Are you guys simulcasted anywhere? Do you have any shows anywhere on the radio? I'm like, "Uh, no. And so I had a conversation with him, and he found us through just listening to our podcast. And now everyone that's listening, you know, we're on WROM. Thank you to our listeners all over uh, uh, the world through WROM. All over the world, dude. I mean, we're listening to what our our biggest overseas is. Britain? Well, yeah, is Britain, uh, France, Italy. Oh, yeah. South Korea. Yeah, and that's the world we live in now, you know, where you're reaching people all over the place and you have that potential. The downside is cutting through, as you know, as, as as, you know. uh, But do you get people, I get people asking me all the time to write via, which I've never done this. I've always done co-writing in a room because I feel like I feed off people. Oh, writing via the internet. I'm writing with a woman named Stephanie DeWitt out of Illinois right now. We've been working on a couple of songs together. And then there's a guy named Noah Smith that asked me, think he's from up in indiana or something hey trip. do you want to write with me and i said well wow. it's not usually the way i do it but yeah. i mean i'm open sure. right i'm open to anything my goal for this year you'd be open to new opportunities right, right, so right. i haven't sent him anything yet but i thought it was really cool just so neat i know yeah it's crazy wow. the world's changing on us really 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 fast so it's funny we can sit around and talk about all this stuff but who knows what's going to happen it's and, true 
and with how easy it is to burn music now and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's just everything yeah. is, I mean, the music industry got turned on its head in the last 20 years. Well, you got to think about, what is it, 90, 95% of the music that's produced today is they never do it in the same studio. They Man. send a track yeah. to another artist and... and it's Passing just, it around. Yeah, yeah. 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 They never... But I, I think there's something there for being in the same room and vibing off of each other that is probably missed out on music today from from artists because I always hear, yeah, I sent this track to this guy in California. He was in Germany and he did this track. But there's something about being in the same room and feeding off Just of doing one another. It, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I can tell y'all on this record, you if you don't follow kind of That's Texas my swing, I know. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> Everybody touches that CD. Gets a little, he's pretty attached to that. So I had this dream in 2006 when we were working on this record to do a duet with Ray Benson of Asleep at the Will. Now, what are the odds? I'm like some unknown, nothing girl from Texas. So I asked my, my producer, I was like, hey, do you think we can get Ray Benson to do a duet with me on this record? He said, I don't know. So about, I don't know, two or three weeks later, he called me up and he goes, guess what? I have good news. So Ray Benson cool. is going to do a duet with you. So Bill and I drove up to Austin, and I had B already done my- Bill, your husband? Uh, no, my producer. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. I'd already done my part of the song. We had a lyric sheet, and we drove up to Bismo Studios in Austin and walk in, and Ray Benson's standing there. And I'm trying not to act <laughs> a fool. I'm like, I think he, at the time, had 14 Grammys, and- it just was so incredible. He walks in and does the song in two takes, his part of the song. <laughs> it took me like 15. And I was like this. Like I was smiling so big that my face literally hurt when I left. And that is something that can't you can't replicate when yes. you're not. So it was yeah. it was an incredible experience. Huh. Yeah. It's crazy though that, that 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 happened for you. That's pretty neat. I can't I imagine the. It uh, was incredible. He was telling all kinds of great stories and stuff, and he was so nice. I mean, he was down to earth and a really nice guy, I mean, but a bigger than life personality for sure. But so nice, very kind, and I'm all wow. about kindness and professionalism. So. Yeah. No, it comes through, and I think those are two key ingredients for success in music. For yeah. for for sure. Oh, man. I feel like I've got a million more questions, but I know that time is <laughs> flying by on us. What do you say, buddy? You want to uh, move on to the, uh, the uh, fun, fun facts. facts? All right. Now, all right. I had a request here, all right? <laughs> Country Mike. Country Mike. That everybody's heard before. Country Mike likes Leslie Tom. Is Country Mike the guy who called in when he was you were in te uh, when he was when, in Texas? Yeah, when I was in Texas and Country Mike was in Texas and Dallas Fort Worth. Did, we, Wait, win that that game? Game? Did we win that game, Mike? What's that? Did we win that game? What? What are you talking you about? You went to the Cowboys game too when you were there, right? Oh, they you lost. did go to a Cowboys lost. game. Yeah. Yeah. Lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mike looks like he's not happy about it. <laughs> are you a Cowboys it's, fan? It's preseason. Yeah, yeah, we are. He's a diver. We are. We are. Y'all are. Yeah. But uh, no, Tony's it's preseason. But anyways, no. Bears fan. So yes, Country Mike asked if he can do fun facts because Leslie Tom was going to be on the podcast, and I just want to make sure that it was cool <laughs> with everybody before for Country Mike. One time, <clears throat> Mike Is this was your in, alter ego. <clears throat> I guess so. One time, Mike was in Texas, and uh, so he remoted in for the show. And when he first called in, he didn't tell me he was going to do it, but he just did <laughs> a country <laughs> accent for like the first twenty minutes of the show. And we were all looking at each other in the studio, going, "Is he going to do?" this the whole time it's back it's i can't wait welcome. to hear it let's do 
All right. Yeah, so I'm, she's gonna <laughs> Leslie's gonna call you out. You better be on. You your better be on. As you better so. be on your toes. You, yeah. You better be on I'm your. I'm Texas nervous. Day. I'm gonna go throw up now. <laughs> <laughs> better than diarrhea, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you had to pick one or the other. <laughs> diarrhea of the mouth, I guess. Yes, exactly. Sorry, I have a um, podcast. But a little bit of the uh, fun, fun facts. facts here, All right. So, now everybody, if you want to go ahead and subscribe to the fun facts you can do so at the mac and tony show at wromradio.net oh stop <laughs> slow down you gotta draw I, it out i don't think i've yeah, ever you gotta draw it i've never yeah. heard that accent come out of a guy with a mohawk though i don't know if that damn. well he's got uh, the he beard, has the though. best hair ever he's got the yeah. beard I love his beard hair and the beard fantastic when i met you wasn't your hair was half was blonde. it half blonde and oh my half, gosh! Half black, half black. Okay, and then yeah. at one point, didn't you have red in it or blue or something yep. like that? Red. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm all over the place. Oh, that's like, good. Leave uh, you guys alone with the violin. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that beautiful hair. <laughs> <laughs> my wife does my hair. Just so everybody knows. Your beard is awesome, man. <laughs> it is. By the way, you got a haircut recently. Yeah, I'm yeah, rocking the... my my barber trying to trim my beard down. I said, "Look, I'm going for this guy named Mike." Look at, look at he this. Fucking, he was like, "Yeah, I had to trim it down just a little bit." I that said, is, what the hell are you doing? That's the most perfect beard I've ever seen in my life, I man. Told you. He, he came. He came like by the painted on your yeah. face. <laughs> See, right? Okay, here's the secret. It's serious. Here's I mean, you can touch it. It's drawn on. It is drawn on. No, the events occurring in the podcast room today <laughs> <laughs> not the responsibility of Mike or Tony. Uh, All right. Okay. So we, we, Hit it, okay. country Mike. Or oh, I'm going to call you cowboy, Ooh, cowboy Mike. Cowboy Mike. Cowboy Draw. Remember the word. You draw. have to talk like this. Draw. Yeah. Draw. Yeah. All right. So Orville Redenbacher <laughs> paid an advertising agency $13,000 to come up with the popcorn's brand name. Damn, that's good. That's Orville Redenbacher. That's good. That was horrible. Oh, I could not believe that when I read that. Are you are you serious? The man paid thirteen thousand dollars. You sound like the guy on NCIS. Does anybody watch that show? Or the guy Louisiana NCIS New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. Yeah, I haven't oh. seen that one, but yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, there's a guy with the. He's actually a well-known actor. <laughs> no, but you sound good. Go ahead. You sound good, <laughs> uh, Mr. Dollar. Uh, yeah, I don't do, I'm not, I'm from California, buddy. Uh, the, uh, urine of a maned wolf smells like marijuana. Oh, that was weird too. Wow. What in the world is up with that? <laughs> is that what I smell on the highway in Colorado? Is that actual? <laughs> we were talking about that because we're coming from a similar yeah, part of town yeah. in the studio and coming across, uh, 70, you do, you smell, you smell. Have you ever noticed that? If you must be seven yeah. two dang main wolves everywhere. <laughs> yes, wolves are everywhere. That's what it is. This uh, seventy and two twenty five because they've got all the dispensaries and stuff out there now. So you're literally on the freeway, yeah. just cruising along, and you you smell it in your car. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, I'm feel, still the gal that sees like walking down the street and smell pot and go, oh my gosh, someone's smoking pot. Like that's how I'm the guy driving down the road. I smell it coming in the car and I go, tell me I didn't bring some with me. <laughs> That, awesome. that was a that was a badge when I was a teenager. Yeah, you talked about it. Remember, we had an episode where yeah. you talked about you guys you used wanted to want to smell like weed going in. You wanted to design a, a weed place. perfume. You said yeah. cologne. Yeah, y'all are so. Where are yeah. you from? I can't tell you that. Gosh, <laughs> I'm from the, I'm from the southeast. He started. So that was like Carolina, a badge right? of honor. Yeah, that was like Carolina. a badge of honor to smell like. To smell like weed. It was like a weed cologne is basically what you would call it. He'll tell you after the podcast. Yeah. He's, the whole pale episode, he's, 
Got to keep it on down low. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm getting ready to rob your ass with that ring. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> 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 oh, God. What you got there, Texas Mike? All right. Texas Mike. Uh, let me see where's the one. Okay, so here we go. I think we're in the wrong business, y'all. Tyson's going to spit out his drink. Human He's trafficking. Good. Oh, this is terrible. Brings an estimated. $32 billion a year. Now, Damn. Oh, wait. Explain Damn. to me, human trafficking, is that bringing in, like, people people from, for sexual favors? Is that what human trafficking, or is I it? I think it's the full spectrum. Yeah, so it includes yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It okay. includes that. It's uh, everything from, like, working, sweatshops, stuff like uh, that. <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys a story about the girl that I knew that was involved in human trafficking? What? The girl I used to date. Wait, did you traffic her? Every time, he's he like an onion. Like, and just every time he comes to the city, just peel back yeah. new layers. When I lived in Arizona, oh my gosh, I used to date a girl, and well, I, I met her actually <laughs> on the fucking border, coming from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> this just took a crazy. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I met her. This wasn't I a met red flag. Her on the border, <laughs> coming from Mexico, <laughs> and we got really close. And she said, "I have to tell you something." I was like. What the hell? What are you telling me? So she was like, "I'm a runner." Like, what the hell is a like runner? Like a coyote? No, no, no. She was very pretty girl. She said, "I pick people up once they cross the border, mm-hmm. and I take them to Tucson, Phoenix." <laughs> she lived in Las Cruces. Do you know what a coyote is? No. So a coyote. That's drugs, right? It's involved with drugs, right? No. No. Well, that's not the not the way that I've heard it before, but it's like somebody who is in. Usually, it's related to Mexico, just because I think of where I'm from. And you pay them like ten thousand dollars, and they lead you across the desert, across the Rio Grande. Really? Oh, I've heard of this. I, I didn't know it was called coyote. I've heard of that before. There's people that do that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike is still looking at me in fucking amazement. <laughs> yeah. So like, this will because I had a like. You know me, my imagination runs wild. So, like, when he said this story, she was like, I, I met her across the border. And she told me when we were first dating. And in, in my head, the next sentence that came out of Tyson's mouth was, I need you to marry me so I can be a citizen. <laughs> no, I did. And he did, and they lived happily. No, I met her as soon as she crossed. Well, I met her as soon as we crossed the border. It was like at a gas station. Wait, hold on. And so here's the other thing that I was like imagining in my brain too. I'm like, Go ahead. What are you just got? walking across the border of Mexico, just like leisurely? Yeah. Okay. Just strolling along. All right. So here's what Americans. Actually, yes. Here's what Americans oh, do. Really? When they're in, yeah. When, in Arizona, we used to like park at like a McDonald's and walk across the border. You didn't want to drive because you were no longer insured. Your cars, fucking dirt roads, X, Y, and Z. So you'd park at McDonald's on the American side and walk through the border. And when you walk back, you'd have to say American. All they wanted to hear was your dialect. And there would be guys, I swear to God, there would be little guys that would, there'd be groups of like six, seven, eight of us. There'd be guys, Mexican guys that would like run in between us and say, American. And you see the guys, the custom board, the, the custom agents would snatch their asses by their collar out of the line and people Based would keep on their walking accent? through. Yes. What a trip. Yes. This was in, I don't know about Texas, but this was in Arizona. So I met this girl one night and she's, you know, we hit it off and started talking and she was like, uh, yeah, she said, um, you know, this is several weeks down the road. She said, 
I pick people up once they cross the border, and I take. I them love to your half-ass Mexican accent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, I noticed that too. That was kind of messed up. But I was like, wow, I didn't care. I didn't. I didn't. That has nothing to do huh. with me. I didn't care. What but, a trip, man! So in Arizona, they don't do DUI checks. They do citizenship checks. <laughs> They do that in Texas. You're driving too. erratically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, You're yeah. driving crazy yeah. and erratically. You might be a Mexican. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious, Mike. They don't. They do ha- it's border patrol checks. Yeah, border so patrol you checks. get like 20 miles yeah. outside of Laredo or Del Rio or Eagle Pass, Texas, yeah. on the it's south and southwest. And there's these huge, gigantic border patrol stations yeah. in the middle of the road, really? and you have to yep. drive through and stop. And they ask you where you're from. Yeah. Sometimes I think you have to show your driver's license. And if they're suspicious, they have the authority to, to check your vehicles. And a lot of times they'll walk yep. with dogs around the cars. I mean. Backseat, trunk. Yeah. Very yeah, standard operating procedure that should in exist. South Texas. Tony's in here like, what? Tony is cracking yeah. me up. Yeah, no, I'm just not Tony, familiar it's, with it. It's, out there. it's crazy, man. They don't even like really look to see if you're driving legally. They it's, just want to know about if, you if you're, if you're bringing in illegals. Yeah. 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 I've been through it in San Diego yeah. and going to TJ. Yeah. Yeah. And over yeah. there, and I got afraid because, like, you can take a trolley over the border to Tijuana from San Diego. And I think I've told this story on the podcast, too. Yeah. It was when I went over on that trolley, and it's like, you know, the person who's driving the trolley gets on, and it's like, please make sure you have all identification <laughs> on your persons. As if you do not have identification coming back, you'll not be let back over the border. And I was like, oh, my God, my brown ass better make sure I have my ID on me. Yes. Because I would be like, no matter what accent, they're going to be like, you are coached. <laughs> no, no, for real. I'm, I'm Colorado, man. I don't, I, you, don't Spanish. Look, you don't look Mexican to me at all. Because I'm halfer. I'm called a, I'm a halfer. Are you? I'm a, I'm, What's your ethnicity? I'm Hispasian. I'm a, Fili- I'm a Flexican. <laughs> He's half Filipino, half Mexican. Mexican. I had a Are friend you? that was Tex-Mex. Yeah. You kind of look Tex-Mex. That's what I would have thought you were Samoan. <laughs> you never no, got that before. Yeah, ah. yeah. <laughs> all the time. Everyone. Mike is like beaming right now. My wife. Oh, I think it's great. My wife. Everybody that sees our pictures at, at our work always asks, like, oh, my gosh, is your husband Hawaiian or Samoan or everything like that? We went to Hawaii, and I told you that story before, too. We're sitting there eating, and or, like, we're just hanging out or walking down the street, and people are, like, asking me questions. I'm like, uh... <laughs> I'm from Colorado. I don't, I don't know, know, dude. <laughs> Sorry. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's neat. Yeah. Oh, man. No, I'm, I'm, I'm Hispasian. I love Hispasian. Oh. I've never heard that, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah, you got a bunch of different words for it. I like huh? Tex-Mex. I had a friend who was Mexican, and he would he'd be talking to like his mom on the phone, and half the conversations in in Mexican Spanglish. Had, yeah, oh, as the Spanglish. Next, that, and I'm like, we call it Tex-Mex down there too. Yeah, I'm like, oh, he was from Texas. I'm like, Jose, pick your fucking language. Whenever I hear the you word talk English, or you want to talk think of Chevys. Really? No. Chevy's. Restaurant. Look. It, it, oh no. <laughs> oh man, I thought you meant the vehicle. It's also food. <laughs> Like a lot of people. Te- well, yeah, there's a whole cuisine. That's my favorite. Yeah. It's Tex-Mex. So when yeah, people, yeah, like, oh, this is Mexican. I'm like, Ugh. that's not. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm picky about Mexican food too. I grew up in. Uh, you really are. Oh. You are. Am I? Yeah. Yeah, I heard my. We my should wife go. Session. We should go swap Mexican foods. No, my wife took Tony to a Mexican yeah. restaurant one day that we like. This actually, like, nobody within a five mile radius speaks English. What's mm-hmm. it called? That's I the best remember. place. Uh, to it's right go. there in Chambers and Six. I can't remember the name. It's a little joint, little okay. little. Yeah. So it's Richard, Sand- have y'all been to the Richard Sandoval restaurants here in town? No. Mm-hmm. There's one um, called Tamayo that's on Larimer Square, yeah. 
and then we overpriced. It was really expensive, but it's good. (laughs) And he has another one in Stapleton Northfield that we went to by accident. I can't remember what it was called, but it was really good. I know what you're talking about. Like La Rita or something. It was good. Over there, it's like Bar Louie and all that stuff's right in there. It's over on the other side of 70, on the north side of 70. Mm -hmm. It was good. There's a theater all over there. They make, you know, for me, if it's good Mexican food, you have to have homemade tortillas. Oh, for If sure. you don't have homemade tortillas, then you are not a legit Mexican food See, Hacienda. I had a pretty, pretty guy. Very pretty guy took me out to a Mexican <laughs> restaurant last week. Pretty guy. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, Bruce are you... Leroy. your wife... Bruce though? Leroy took me to a Mexican restaurant. Who's I love Bruce that he Leroy? calls him pretty, and he has the most perfect beard that I've ever yeah, seen in my yeah. life. You're pretty, Have Tyson. you seen Bruce Leroy? No. Who's, pretty. who's no, Bruce Leroy? This guy we he's a, it's what the he's kids, a regular the like kids nowadays. He took me to a, re- a Mexican restaurant downtown. What's it called? That was, I don't know. That's It was that good. It was that good. Well, you should tell us because I need to find good Mexican food in this town. I'm going to ask him right now. Thank you. you. Let's ask It Bruce was downtown Leroy. and I was pretty okay. shocked because it was downtown. I'll tell you. And they played hip hop. <laughs> Shut it down. I'm No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm dead serious. They played hip hop music. And some of the best Mexican food that I've had since I've been in in Denver. I grew up in Fresno in Central Valley in California. And then my stepdad's Mexican. So I grew up eating, you know, homemade tortillas and all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm crazy picky about Mexican food. I'm curious about this whole experience of uh, Tyson over here. He didn't tell you? Oh, did you hear this a different version of this? No, no, no. I'm just curious to hear it because, like, the way he's describing it here, I think think, uh, um, Joe might be a little jealous the way he was this excited pretty, about the, <laughs> the first thing food I was, and I hanging out with, with Bruce Leroy. <laughs> yeah, it was but, an honor, man. <laughs> but no, um, so that was the night me, we went to the game, Mike. So for me, I was at the Miami Heat yeah. game last week. So for me, restaurants out here: Guadalajara's in Aurora. Oh, for sure. On, in Aurora, uh, in Aurora, okay. Abilene, or something yep, or right behind the La Quinta on Mississippi and Abilene. And then there's another one which I know is. Um, um, uh, one of my friends owns it's there's one up north uh there's one down south and i think they have an express one as well trying to remember the name of it um but it's you guys it's ridiculous um it's los arcos is what it's called so it's off 88th and sheridan there's also one down in highlands ranch so if you guys like that is that right off the highway the Los Arcos is right by and that hot- Brunswick zone over there. Off There's of- one. So in for all our listeners in <laughs> yeah. Colorado, uh, and you, yeah. Yeah, you have to Colorado. come to Colorado for the Mexican food. <laughs> yeah. I think we should have a follow-up date where we yes. go eat Mexican food, and y'all invite your wives. Yes. I would I, love that. It would make me so happy. So again, you're going to get along really well with my li- wife because she's all about the faith, and she I would is love country girl. My wife grew up in a town, a one... It's one square mile where she grew up with. Is she in Colorado? Yeah. Okay. One square mile. She said she's Colorado. from Colorado. Yeah. D A H. She's from a Colorado. town. <laughs> she's from a town called Kersey, Colorado. Okay. One square mile. They just put their first stoplight in. That is so like, cool. A couple years ago, and <laughs> she's the same thing. 4H and everything like that. We're describing where we're from because right. I'm from Aurora. I'm 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 the only native in this room. Just knows. <laughs> y'all are overcrowding our. He rolled his eyes. <laughs> Did you see that, Tony? He rolled yeah. his eyes. <laughs> but um, we were comparing when we first met. I was like, oh, yeah, I know. I, I went to Aurora. You know, my graduating class is 365 people. And my wife was like, 
That's more than was in my entire school. <laughs> and we were K through 12. Yeah. Jeez. That's like She's like, my graduating my class is like 40 people. I was like, wow. damn. That was like one class my, for me. Mine like was two. Wow. <laughs> Mine was 42, but the starting freshman ca- class was 3,000. So that's Fresno. That's, that's Fresno, that's California, baby. That's how I look at high schools. 1A, 2A, 3A, that's, yeah, so on and so forth. We're 5A. Yeah, that's how I always football. look at. We're 5A. Gotcha. Yeah. I feel I would, like you have. We definitely have to do another one of these. We're down to like. I mean, what do we got? Like eight minutes left. On what? Because I have like fifty million questions for you still. So you t- promise me you'll come back. I'll come back. We'll do this again. Maybe yes. we'll do a uh, a Mexican food outing one oh day. Oh my god, that would be. Can we do it? Can we do the podcast on set or on on location? <laughs> at the restaurant. At the location. <laughs> Tony can make that. Tony's happen, eating I'm a taco. You. Tony can make that happen. I'm telling you. Yeah. No, I could. We've done remote before. We yeah. did remote here actually. We did the the whole farm cat event. Farm cat, yeah. Yeah. It's the it depends on the noise though, but oh, yeah. people get that authentic feel with the crunching of the tortillas, the <laughs> corn tortillas and the tacos. We need to have good queso. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm a, a guac guy. I don't know. Okay, why. well I'll go with guac too. Yeah. yeah. Oh guacamole. And and over here, by the way, I just found a new gem. I think it's called Los Los Carbencitos. Did you say Jim? No. Jam. A new, Jam. New, yeah, new he Jam. Still had oh, that Jim. Co- he had that country accent. Sorry. Jam. New Jam. Those currency, they don't speak English at this place. That is when, you know what? Here's, don't speak English. This is how we used to do. If you walk in and you're the only white person, you're that is good. definitely that's where when you When I went with Joe, that's exactly what happened. Yes. And that's why I was like, oh, this, this is going to be good. I see those places in Arizona and you pay like $8 eat for two days it's so good no, Actually, that's how this place was too yeah like, <laughs> you guys it was a five dollar or my my boss mike d got a five dollar it was like a five dollar uh he got a lengua he got lengua burrito tongue tongue okay five dollar burrito okay no joke comes out smothered rice beans like the plate was like this big five bucks you guys they had to staple yeah. it closed Five bucks. <laughs> it was dumb. The dollar, the tacos are like street tacos. Like yeah, a dollar yeah. a taco. And you're just like, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right. I was like, I don't know. I'm used to like regular tacos. I have like three tacos. And like, you know, I was like, three dollars. She brought it out and it was like little tiny tacos. Like street got, tacos? Yes, yeah, like street tacos. Yeah. But then I got, um, uh, I got a real gordita. Gordita. You guys? <laughs> Ooh, gordita. I, like gordita. That, I like that tongue roll. Gordita. gordita. Wow. That's awesome. No joke. Yo hablo Gracias. poquito de español también. <laughs> no, uh, no, uh, no, in, no Nintendo. <laughs> no wow. Nintendo. Well, I guess there's no news this week, buddy. We are at the last few minutes. A couple things we do have to always do is uh, just remind people all of our episodes are downloadable at MikeAndTonyShow.com. We got pictures and all kinds of cool stuff up there. If you want to uh, shoot us a message, please do so. Um, anything you want to talk about on the show, uh, any bones to pick with us, you want to stop cussing so much, whatever it is. That's what I said. Uh, Mike and WROMRadio.net. Of course, I am a singer-songwriter as well, and you can find all my music at TonyDollarMusic.com. Go and get it. Go and get it. Got the new EP out, Let Go Fly. Good stuff. And again, you guys, we just got a new phone number today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Comments, I'm pissed with you. You concerns. didn't pick my fucking word. I mean, my word. I'm sorry. You didn't pick there my word. There's a lady in the room. I'm very upset with you right now, speaking it, of which. It was not like that, but... The number that we got now, you guys, it's uh, 720-772-WSKY. Whiskey. Whiskey. 
So like again, if you don't know it, it's 720-772-9759. And that's our new We're phone give us a call awesome. back. Like, what are we awesome. doing? Awesome. Call Open us, ourselves text up us. Phone calls now. Whatever, you know. Leslie, Tom, awesome. it has been absolutely Hi, yes. awesome having you here. Where can people go to find your music and where do you want to send them? Yeah, <clears> so I'm website www.lesliemusic.com beautiful i'm on reverb nation at leslie tom music you can find me on facebook at leslie t music and twitter i'm at leslie tom music i found you on itunes excellent I'm on iTunes too, just yeah. Leslie ah, Tom. She's on, she's ah, on iTunes. I'm on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks guys so much for inviting me. This has been absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's it's fun. Now we can relax. We got all the plug in shit no. out of the way. So. No, and I was just when she was talking about earlier about her the Macy um John place Macy. where she's gonna go record the Macy I hope Sam so. Studios. It's not mm-hmm. finalized. Okay. But I love him. Either way, Dollar, you're going to like orgasm by the amount of equipment this <laughs> wow. guy has. Look at this. He's already going to know what it is once he looks at the Tony picture. Tony Dollar, look at that equipment that this guy Tony's has. Tony's going to tell you. Oh, He's yeah. going to tell you what it is already just by looking at the photo. No, there's no photos. It's all uh, It's all, it's all actually. Yeah. Oh, really? He's got it out. It's got just tons of microphones. So it looks like a professional to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool. His Guitars, eyes are still fixated pianos. on the screen. You see yeah. that, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, it looks yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not as nerdy as you guys think. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. No, it's maybe not nerdy. You're meticulous as hell. Yeah, maybe Which to a great. fault at it's times. Great. Yeah, but uh, I would love to get together with you if you want to at some point and uh, maybe yeah. do a little writing and just kind of see what you're up to. You can see what Is I'm a up hog's to ass and... pork? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a yes, Mike. I'm pretty, that's sure. That's a yes. I'm pretty sure. I would love it. That would make me to... super happy. Yeah, and I got a little home studio and stuff. I do cool. a lot of stuff. At I home, got one for you. Uh... What do you get from a bear that doesn't eat? A bear doesn't eat. What do you what get, do you from, get a bear... from a bear that doesn't eat? I don't know. Put this in your song. <laughs> no shit. Oh, for the love of Pete. No, you stick to the, stick to the payola, buddy. No, that didn't work? Did <laughs> you like that? That's really cute. He's dabbling in yeah, writing right Mike, Mike didn't look at me, so that didn't. <laughs> I thought that would work in a country song. Live so. on the podcast. You can't say S-H-I-T in a country song. Unless yeah. it's like... The shit kickers. If you roll that. Maybe. If you roll that. You would have to like... It would Your phrasing would have to be very what it? creative. Subtle? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Maybe put on them shit kickers. No, okay. No, we're not, do- we're not doing <laughs> this. So bad, so we're bad, not doing so this right now. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I just changed my mind about the co-writing. No way. Doing. I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, definitely, you'll come back. Let's get yes. together. We'll get our wives. We'll have a good time. We'll go eat some Mexican food at a good, authentic Mexican. Casamanita is right Casa behind us. Casamanita is right over here. Oh, Casamanita is right around the corner. I don't think that's good food, though. No. It's no, atmosphere. Mike loves that place. I love it, too. It's a very cool atmosphere. You're correct. I haven't been. But Between I've you and me, you're totally correct. The food is. <laughs> it's not as bad as people say. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Between you and me and 30,000 yeah. people. <laughs> By the way, my birthday is next Thursday. Uh. And there will be another Casa Bonita trip that you're now not invited, <laughs> not invited to. Invited to. Happy so I will be doing Casa Bonita by myself unless Tyson wow. wants to go. <laughs> the what do you want look me to go? that Mike is giving me right Casa now. Bonita. What do you want? Casa, Casa Bonita? Bonita. Yeah. I'll go. No, I love Cos- I love Cosmonita. I went one time. Birthday. Thanks to you, and Next I loved Thursday. it. I want to go. Can yeah. I be invited? Can I invite myself? Yes. You can totally. Totally. I don't guys. trust a Mexican restaurant unless they have black beans. That's what? a wrap. What? Black beans. <laughs> Every time we got to end like this. 